On paper, you'd think this was going to be one hell of a train wreck. But then you listen, and you realize common sense doesn't have a party, an ideology, a stereotype, or a color. Can we be united again? Stick around, and we'll prove it. This is Doc in the Block. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Doc in the Block podcast. I'm here with the world's greatest music producer, Big Block Spencer. How you doing, Block? How you doing, baby? Y'all know me. It's your boy, Big Block. Ride sideways with my brother, the number one orthopedic surgeon in the world. Scott, what's up, baby? Man, I never hear, I never get tired of hearing you call me the number one orthopedic surgeon in the world. It's true, baby. It's fast, baby. I put my name up in lights. I always yeah. feel so humble sitting in the yeah. shadow of a man who's won three Grammy oh, Awards. Man. Man. You're, you're the superstar. And I'm going to number four, number five, baby. Let's get it. Yeah, man. Taking my daughter uh, to New Heights. She's yeah, excited. man. She's doing great, man. You know, two videos coming soon. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. You know, um, by wrapping up the EP. Beautiful. You know what I'm saying? You know, y'all be looking out for that. She just uh, finished uh, having a lead role in her play at school. Yeah. So I got to watch uh, five episodes of that last weekend. It was pretty awesome. Hey, man, y'all need to start inviting me to these events, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know you come to my other daughter's horseback riding events, Yeah, because too, so she's secretly yeah. want to be a cowboy, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm kind of, uh, kind of trying to, you know, get the, um, you know, you know, kind of hat to that, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I can't wait to see you up on a horse, and then uh, we're going to go out and shop for cowboy boots and hey, a cowboy hat, too. Come on, man, let's go. <laughs> we're going to be carrying on with Gianno Caldwell, who was our guest from last week. He's a Fox News contributor and a political analyst. He Good grew guy. up in Chicago with yep. eight siblings. He has a lot of advice to give you guys, and he also has some uh, a sad story about losing yeah. his brother to gang violence. For those of you who didn't catch last week's podcast, tune in to see the beginning of our conversation with Gianno Caldwell, and we'll be carrying on with part two today. You know, the Doc and the Block podcast and our Big Timers Foundation is about giving kids an opportunity. And, and the more we develop this Big Timers Foundation, the more we want kids to be able to lean in and say, hey, I need help, or I want to experience. You know, we're talking, we've got kids, we're going to be taking them to the Lima Brothers gym. The Lima Brothers are big MMA fighters. We want to get them in there doing some jujitsu and doing some MMA and you know, we got the ranch with the horseback riding and we got the the, the studio yep. with block and we just want to start bringing kids in and let them start explore, start to have community and then also have a place where they can go when it's like, hey, I'm having troubles. My mom's high again or, you know, I, I, I don't feel safe. That That's what we're really about. And and that's that's really important. And I want to answer the other uh, part of your question, your real question before I interject it. Uh, so have I ever had a time where there seems like failure was just present and it wasn't going to work out? Absolutely. I've had multiple times like that throughout my life and even my career. Uh, an example that I would like to use is when I left Chicago in 2012, I went on a presidential campaign uh, to DC. And while I was there, my intention was to be a federal lobbyist and a national political voice. Now, what I did before, I had actually arrived there. I had worked my way up after leaving the federal government. I became a state lobbyist, and then I became a, a lobbyist for the state of Illinois. Um, so I knew all, I hung out with all the big players in state politics, very well known. I was actually one of the only black conservatives that were down in, in Springfield, one of the very, very few. Literally, you can count them all on one hand. No kidding. Like, <laughs> literally. So I, I stuck out like a, a sore thumb because they all wanted to know who was this kid. So I ended up going to D.C. on the Romney campaign in 2012. And from there, 
he lost, of course, I ended up working on Capitol Hill as an intern for free because I wanted to become a lobbyist. And I thought this was a gap filler for my resume and I get a chance to meet people. And ultimately, I ended up having to leave that office and start a business on my own because I was uh, interviewing with trade associations and corporations. But at the end, they say, you're great. We'd love to hire you. But the Tea Party took over Congress and nothing's moving. So we can't bring any lobbyists in now. But we want to keep your resume on file and wanted to meet you. So I kept hearing that over and over again. And I'll tell you this one particular time. It was a, a law firm, large international law firm that had a lobbying practice. And I had interviewed with this lady who was the manager of all hiring. And she told me, you're great. I like your look. I love your experience. We're bringing you in. We're going to hire you. Uh, it just I need to have you sit with the partner of the practice. But that's you know I make the decisions. You're gonna you're gonna get hired. No problem. Okay, great. Call my recruiter. Tell her that the lady called my recruiter at the end of the close of business. Told her exactly what she told me. Second interview comes up day before. Recruiter calls me and she says, "Well, I don't know how to tell you this. This has never happened to me in my 20 years of recruiting." And I said, "What happened?" And she said. Um, yeah, they actually don't want to, uh, bring you in for a second interview tomorrow. I'm like, oh, they just want to send me an offer. And she says, no, they feel you have too much experience and you're not going to stick around. That's what the partner of the practice says. So, you know, the interviews canceled and it was such a crushing blow because I had been looking, I've been wanting to work for someone to learn this other space. But I kept hearing God say, just trust me, start your own. I kept hearing start my own. Since I got in D.C., that I continue to hear that. Start your own, start your own. And it's such a big idea. Like, where can I start? I'm going to start a lobby firm in D.C. And having been a federal lobbyist in D.C., that sounds kind of kind of crazy to me. But ultimately, that's what I ended up doing. I started my own. And then that's how I got involved in media. Because after I started my own business, I met a guy by the name of Armstrong Williams, who was Dr. Ben Carson's business manager, who was on radio, who offered me an opportunity to write for the Washington Times. They loved what I was putting out. Then this black conservative think tank called Project 21 started sending my stuff all over the country. Radio started calling. Then B-level, C-D-level TV months later. And what I come to realize is if I would have worked for someone, then they wouldn't have allowed me to be on television. So yeah. when you're looking at, at these obstacles, a lot of times we see these obstacles as problems. We have just such a succinct focus on this is the route I'm going to take versus this is the idea that I want to, the path that I want to go down. You never know how God is going to shape the road to you getting there. Yeah. So then after I started this business and I started getting business and I'm on television and all these things, and it began to take on a life of its own, this media and again, if I would have worked for the trade association, at lobby, law firm, any of those things, I would not be in this space today. So God had a whole different plan for me. And I'm so glad that I, I listened eventually, I should say, yeah. and <laughs> eventually. Then, and, and here I am talking to you guys. So we always talk about on this show about, um, you know, my father used to tell me and all my friends' fathers used to tell them, too. It's like, you want a job, you go in and you tell that person, I'll work for free. I'm going to show you what I can do. And then you, you, you know, you offer me a job and pay me what I'm worth. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a common, a common philosophy when I was young and it seems to have gone by the wayside, but that's what we call apprenticeship. 
you know, you learn the ropes, you learn the business. And that's what you were getting while you were doing that volunteer work. You weren't actually learn, working for free. You were, you were learning the business and then you were eventually able to do your own thing. And the other thing we always talk about is what you have your goal on might not be God's plan for you, but he will show you the way. And, you know, I, I was going to be a pro soccer player my whole life. And I just remember 19 years old, just like that, it's not going to happen. And I, I can remember being in my dorm room at college and like sucking my thumb as I was falling asleep. Like, what am I going to do? I'm Scott, the soccer player. And now it's not happening. And, you know, God showed me a way and it's like, gosh, you know, I always talk about too, I didn't get into medical school until five years late. You know, it took me five tries, all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking I'm a victim. I, you know, nobody suffered the way I've suffered. Then I get to med school and it's like the best thing that ever happened. Like I'm five years more mature than anybody else. I got to be a young person for five years and kind of get all that out of my system. And then I was just ready to sit down and study. And then because of these things, the maturity, uh, the perspective, the, you know, being mentally ready, you know, I graduated at the top of the class. Uh, you never see the plan. And that's why you just got to trust, keep doing the right things, moving forward, and God will show you the way. And uh, even, you know, that's where they come up with the, I always tell my kids too, like anything that's a saying is a saying for a reason. So when they say things like, it's always darkest before the dawn, that's because that's what, you know, 5,000 years of human history have showed us. That's what happens when you keep doing the right things. And that I hope is encouraging to young people out there who are, you know, not seeing the fruits of their labor because they wake up and they say, oh, I want to, you know, my kids, I want to be an influencer. I'm like, a what? That's it. I want to be a social media <laughs> influencer. Like, what is that? That's you know, right. uh, maybe that's not going to be the, uh, you know, your end all be all, but, you know, work towards something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, so my man, so you from Southside, right? Southside Chicago. I think out of here, you turn Republican. You say that again? I'm just trying to figure out how the hell you turn Republican. Well, that's Cause the, I'm, that's hey, cause, you know, I'm it, and I said as a joke because you know, you know, us coming from the hood, you know, we so you know, we grew up around Democrats for the black folks, for the black people, blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a Republican too. <laughs> what? I didn't know. That. <laughs> I had yeah, no idea. So, I mean, so you entered that, that that tax bracket. He was like, "Hold on, <laughs> it's not adding up." <laughs> yeah. So you know, so um, so I mean, so so uh, so what made you turn Republican? Like, what age? What what experience? Like, what you know? What you know made you turn Republican? Well, interestingly enough, I was uh, so you know when I got involved in the politics, I was uh, with the Democrats. I, I was yep. I believed to be myself a Democrat. So yep. around the age twenty. Uh, I was talking to 1920. I was talking to an African-American gentleman. Mm-hmm. Actually, I might have been a little younger than that, but I was talking to this African-American gentleman outside one day, older gentleman. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about politics and I was using the same talking points as everybody in the neighborhood, Republicans, yep. races, they don't care about yep. poor people, black people, etc. And then he began to challenge me on some of my rhetoric, not about the Republicans or races, but he, and he was an older Democrat. He was like, did you know Martin Luther King was a Republican? I was like, what? Never heard of that. And, he, and then he was like, did you know the the first black folks in Congress were Republicans? I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. These sound like just a bunch of lies to me, pop, propaganda. Yeah. So whenever I'm told a bunch of things that I've never heard before and I can't really respond to, I always go and research so I can educate myself to have a stronger argument for the next time. 
So at this point, I go home, I Google differences between Democrats and Republicans, and I stumble upon this website, which talked about the start of the Republican Party, which was in 1854, in opposition to the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which wanted to expand slavery. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's interesting. I thought Republicans were all about slavery. And then I started learning, like, he wasn't lying. Martin Luther King was a Republican. Wow. Then I'm learning about the principles of the party, pro-family values, conservatism, what that looks like, faith in God and all these different things. And as I'm researching, 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 it was months, literally months of me being depressed because I'm like, wait a second, I am one of these people. I am a conservative. I'm a Republican. How could I be a racist? Like, how could I be? Literally, because this is what they tell you in in the neighborhoods. Your parents tell you this. Your cousins tell you this. Your teachers tell you this. Everyone, the pastor says this, like everyone in your community says the same thing. So how can all these people be wrong? And how can I see myself as one of them? And then when I I decided, hey, all right, I'm just going to live this life out loud. I'm going to tell my family. That's when the real trauma became very apparent to me because my family would say things like, oh, you want to you just want to be white. You want to be talking different now. And, you know, we don't want like basically this not that they own me to begin with, but disown me, disown the relationship that they had with me. And a lot of my family stopped talking to me over my politics. So that makes it even harder. So a lot of people won't ever step outside the box. Because everyone else is in the box. And, you know, you hear about the crabs in a barrel mentality when the crab is trying to get out and someone's always pulling them back because people are afraid to go into things they don't know. And they're more afraid to be marginalized or to be thought of differently than everyone else. So they end up being in this minutia of the same experience as everyone else. And no one ever rises out of it because of you know, this group think, which is dangerous and it, it lacks the independence of people to be who they wholeheartedly are. That's so <clears throat> Gianno, uh, you wrote a book called taken for granted. Tell me how you, how you got to that point. Tell me about the genesis of that book. Taken for granted, how conservatism can win back the Americans liberalism failed uh, was a, or is a book that was really just wholly about my life story. A lot of people who, when I started working for Fox News Channel, became very interested in to, to the point of how are you from Chicago and a Republican? Like, how does that happen? Yeah. Just what Block said. Like, how, how did how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, and you explain to them in a in a capsulation of what life looked like growing up, like I did, and what kind of opportunity I saw when I really began to learn about the Republican Party. Um, what I began to learn when I, I learned about faith with Dr. Bill Winston. But those elements of truth, I think, have brought me to the foundation that has been bedrock to my life in terms of hard work, integrity, uh, believing and trusting God, and how to move yourself forward and how you can move a community of people forward. I argue in the book that as you know, even somebody like President Trump, who said, you've been voting Democrat for 50 years, your school's no good, your neighborhoods are no good. Now, I know that, you know, hyperbolic can be a hyperbolic statement in a way, but at the same time, it's a very truthful one. Like, I mean, we have failing schools all across the country, (laughs) neighborhoods are poverty stricken. 
you got a lot of politicians, especially when I was coming up and even working in politics, they would often say, the politicians would say, oh yeah, we couldn't get this done for the community, that done for the community because of the white people downtown. And the white people downtown were white Democrats. So Republicans are racist. They don't care about us. And they and they want to take away the welfare and the benefits and all of that kind of stuff. But the people who are Democrats who happen to be white who are in these other areas, you guys have a problem with them too. So like, what? what is, yeah. and, and they're not getting anything done for our community either. So so what, what, what is really the point of, of this if you're not really going anywhere, if you're not developing better communities, if you're not providing, like I, I love the 96 welfare reform bill that New Gingrich and Bill Clinton put, put together, which I think was one of the best bipartisan pieces of legislation that we've seen in decades, which allowed for individuals who were receiving um, welfare benefits, et cetera, and allowed them to work and receive those benefits and they would get cut off eventually after a period of time or if they're receiving benefits and they had to go to school it provided child care benefits for those parents to be able to go to school i thought it was excellent because it put your life back in your hands not necessarily in the government's hands because people would be fearful to go work a job if they think that after a few months they're going to get laid off and then they're not going to have anything any kind of income so they'd rather stay at home and just keep the benefits coming in so I thought that th- those those elements were worth being discussed. I talked about them in my book and so many other experiences that I've had in life um, as a, a black man in America, America, a man in America, and what the conservatism, what the conservative movement, what conservatism in general has done for me, I thought was something that I need to share with a lot of other people. And, and thanks be unto God, people loved it. They received it as a bestseller. And I'm I'm really excited to even start working on my second book, which I'm about to get in the process of now. Gianna, you're such an inspiration to 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 anybody out there. I mean, you're a true big timer in the sense that yeah. uh, you came from nothing. You're a complete self made person, and uh, you're you're a really great guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Um, you know, I've been, I've been watching you from afar with your spots on Fox news and everything. And I've been saying, it's like, Hey, I really agree with this person. Um, getting to know you a little bit has been amazing. You do a podcast now called, uh, out loud with Gianna Caldwell. Tell me about that and, uh, what you guys like to talk about and how people can find you there. Well, you can find me on social media at Gianno Caldwell, G-I-A-N-N-O Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And some of the things that we've talked about on Out Loud, uh, me and my guest, have been just various topics, mostly politics. A lot of what's going on, some special interest pieces. Like I've had my dear friend, Dr. Drew Penske on, and we've discussed uh, a number of topics around mental health, et cetera. Gianno, tell me about your book, Taken for Granted. Uh, It's a bestseller. Um, Tell me about the inspiration for that. Taking for granted how conservatism can win back the Americans that liberalism failed was, uh, for me, really going back into the vault of my mind, uh, recounting a number of experiences that I've had with a mom who was addicted to drugs, growing up in the projects, uh, my relationship with my dad and my grandfather, my relationship with faith, and how I took on uh, all these experiences combined, took on a life of his own to bring me to where I am today, working at Fox News, having a public affairs firm called Caldwell Strategic Consulting 
just the blessing uh, of life and what conservatism did for me. And, and certainly, uh, I, I believe people have found inspiration for, from it. People have reached out to me uh, multiple times, many times. They see me on the street and say, I love your book. Thank you for writing it. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, my social media, I talk about conservatism. I talk about many, many issues, uh, which I encourage people to follow me there at Giano Caldwell, G-I-A-N-N-O Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. Giano, um, you also do a podcast called Out Loud with Giano Caldwell. Where else can people find you? So podcast, love it. Uh, talk about politics, special pieces, like my good, good friend, Dr. Drew Pinsky. We talk about mental health relationships, uh, any number of topics that I think will be helpful to people at whatever that time is. Uh, outside of Fox News, you can certainly read my pieces at the New York Post, uh, anywhere. Uh, I'm on the internet all over, podcasts like yours. So uh, I'm, I'm really an open book for people to find and, and be able to, to hear my thoughts on any particular topic at any p- particular point. Gianna, you're a real example for our listeners. You're a true big timer. You've had a lot of obstacles in your life. I know one of the biggest one was losing your brother. Could you share a little bit about that with your with our audience? Yeah. So last year, June 24th to be exact, my baby brother Christian was outside of a venue on a Friday morning when a SUV pulled up, three or four men got out, shot the entire scene. Multiple people were hit. Uh, the guy that they wanted was shot 17 times. Interestingly enough, he lived. Out of 17 bullets, he's still alive today. He had to have multiple surgeries even after the fact. And my baby brother, he was only shot a couple times and he died. Uh, it was a heartbreak. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you yeah. so much. It was it was one of the hardest things in my life. It's something I'm still dealing with, still grieving it. I didn't have an opportunity to really grieve when it all happened because I'm on television every day, multiple times a day, yeah. talking about it, just in tears, just in disbelief that this this happened to my little brother, especially when I talk about violence in Chicago all the time on, on Fox News Channel. So for that to happen is just was in, in, terribly tragic and 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 still tragic to this day to so many members of my family my grandmother couldn't even bring herself to go to the funeral because she wanted to remember him as as he was as as a kid he just turned 18 at that particular time now as we still fight for justice for my baby brother i just want to encourage those that are out there that if you have lost a loved one due to violence in any parts of the country or from any other scenario where you lost someone, you know, especially if you need to get justice, don't stop fighting for justice and, and, and remember them for the good things that brought joy to your life. Remember them, believe in the, the, what they left behind, which for me and my, my little brother, he was so inspired by my life that he would tell people, I just want to, when I get older, I just want to make my big brother proud. And that is a driving force for me on a daily basis to do the best that I can, even though I was doing it already. It's just like even something more special to make sure that I can make my little brother proud as I fight for him every day. Gianni, I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh, You are a true big timer, and I know God has huge plans for the rest of your life. And I appreciate you sharing your story with us. It's a, a great help for our listeners uh, as we leave this show, what what's a last piece of advice that you would give our listeners? Never 
give up. Uh, I told you about DC, but what I didn't mention to you is when I got to DC, I was there almost five years broke, almost entirely the whole five years I was there, I was broke. I ran out of savings. I did temp work for the first time in my life. I had a roommate for the first time in my life before I can get on my feet and really have my own place. And I think oftentimes when people think of success, they think it's instant. They think that they don't have to really put in the work. How many people, if, you, if you're working on your dream and it takes five years, how many people will sit through that? How many people will be motivated every day? A lot of people would give up because I'm looking at folks, they're going out, they're having a good time, they have money, and I'm like, I want to be in that position. The guy had a plan for me. He created patience, um, and he really, really created a work in me that I think can't be erased. I think it's taken me, not even think, I know that it's taken me to places in this world that no one can even anticipate uh, for me, including myself. His vision is so big. So I would, I would encourage those to not stop, keep going, no matter what the obstacles are, keep going and God will lead you through and you will eventually get there. Gianno, thank you so much we for being a part business. of the Doc in the Block podcast. You're a true big timer. I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate it so much that you took the time to be with us. Um, I know you're going to help a lot of kids. I know God has huge plans for you. Keep in touch. Um, I hope uh, we can do some more work together because I know our our vision is aligned, me, Block, and you. Yeah, let's do it. I love you, brother. Late too, baby. Have a great weekend. Gianna, you have a great weekend. We'll catch you guys next time on the Doc in the Block podcast. Follow us at bigtimers.com and the thedocinthablock.com. We'll catch you guys next time. Let's get it.